0: Thanks for joining us today. I'm Rob Parker, lead pastor at The Plant Church. Our vision is to know Christ and make him known. If you are interested in getting connected or if we can help you in any way, email us at info at theplantchurch.org. with you guys as you guys know we've been doing a series on dna knowing who you are last week we got to talk about what the word of god is in a two-part series and today we're going to jumping in uh, at what prayer is and so excited to share this with you guys a couple uh, a couple weeks ago maybe maybe months now uh but i went on a small little business trip i had a meeting down somewhere in Central Jersey. Um, And I was excited for the meeting of what had happened there. And so in that excitement, you know, I called my wife. And uh, as I was trying, I gave her her a quick call because I I wanted to share what had happened. And I was talking to her over the phone uh, while I was away. And as I was talking, um, she had gone silent for a couple seconds, right? And, And then I noticed that she hadn't said anything. So I called out to her name a couple times, like, hey, Lois. Lois, Lois, hello, Lois, right? And I started getting a little frustrated, like what's going on? Like what's happening, right? Are you there? I felt like she was there. I checked the screen, you know, like make sure your connection's still good. And you're like, it's there, right? My I lost any signal. I'm like, hey, hello, you there? Are you ignoring me? Like what's up, right? And eventually I just hung up and reconnected the call, right? She was like, she was like, yeah. I, I, you just stopped talking in the middle for a second, and it's crazy because like I was, I was so excited, wanting to share what was going on uh, in my life, and and I, and I called my wife, and and in the midst of that connection, in the midst of that connection, I found myself kind of just talking to myself, and. You know, it was, all it took was a quick, like, hang up, you know, because, you know, technology, it'd be like that sometimes, right? Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. It's a good and terrible thing at the same time. But as I tried to communicate, something that dawned on me later on, um, even though the connection was rebuilt, was sometimes prayer could feel like that too, where I'm praying and sometimes it feels like there's no one on the other line. Like, I know, I, I, I know it's there, right? Kind of like that conversation I'm having with my wife. The, it says the connection's still there. Yet, sometimes there's a feeling of no response. You guys ever feel like that? Where sometimes in our prayers, it feels like a one-way conversation. That our prayers should still be connected but it feels like something is lost. You know, and oftentimes when we read through the scriptures, we, we read through all these characters of how when they were praying, these miraculous things would happen, God would respond. And we often feel this disconnection even from those people in the scriptures as well. Yet believe it or not, those people also have had these moments where, like us, they prayed, and it felt like a one-way connection. And so I want to share a, a story about a guy who kind of went through what you may, ha- you may be feeling about prayer as well. So if you guys have your Bibles, let's open up to 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 11 to 13. And as we read the word of God, would you all stand and join me? Let's all read this out loud together. In 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 11 to 13, the word of God says this. All together, go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Let's pray once more. Gracious Father God, Lord, Father, as we step into just learning more about what your what prayer is and what prayer is in our lives, Holy Spirit, we just invite you to come speak. Lord, Father, I pray for eyes to eyes and ears and hearts to open to receive what you have prepared for us this morning. Lord, if there's any hardened hearts, I pray that your presence would just come and soften them as hearts of flesh to really soak up your word this morning. And Lord, I pray that this word that you give us, we would not just take it, take it in for the day, but Lord, we would inscribe it into our hearts and let it root into our lives that we may just live it out each and every single day. So Father God, would you just come, have your way in us, even for myself, Lord, as I just give this word to your people. Lord, would you use me as a vessel for your kingdom? It may not be my words, but your words alone that speaks truth, that speaks integrity, and speaks life into your church. So, Father God, would you just come, have your way. We love you and thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people say, amen. Amen. Let me just give a quick background to this story of Elijah. So, Elijah is just, in the previous chapter, is coming off what I will call a a battle of the gods, right? So Elijah is in this encounter of trying to prove that his God is the one true God, one true living God, the God of Israel. And there's this other side um, where the prophets of Baal are saying, nah, our God is the one true living God. So they have this like little, they like duke it out, right? Imagine like Sunday night football, right? They're like, yo, let's go at this, right? And so um, the prophets of Baal are doing their own own thing, you know, like, woo, right? Um, and, and Elijah is over on his side saying, like, go ahead, do your thing. And then he, and then nothing happens on their side. Elijah prays, and fire falls down from the sky, and his offering is lit, right? It's, it's, it's fire. Um, and after he wins the battle, Elijah commands all the prophets of Baal to be slain. Now, when that happens, you have the queen, Queen Jezebel, she's not happy about this. In fact, she, she, she's ticked off. So she's like, if it's the last thing I do, right, on my grave and everything I swear, on my life, I'm going to kill you, right? He says, Elijah. She sends word to Elijah, I'm going to kill you, right? You're dead. And Elijah hears this, right, and he gets terrified. And so he goes on the run. He books it, right? Imagine any of us would, right? And so Elijah makes a run for it. And he's, he's terrified. And I can imagine for Elijah, right, and for any of us as people of God, when something, when something miraculous happens, right, something from God that you just like, yo, this is like fire. I mean, like literally fire, right? Fire from, f- fire from heaven just fell down, and I'm just like, this, this is God. When we experience these things, we expect positive things to follow. Yet for Elijah, no, he's running for his life now. And I can imagine the mental, the emotional, just the physical stress overwhelming overwhelming him. And, he, and as he's running for his life, he just gets burnt out. And so he comes to this mountain where he's seeking refuge. He's seeking refuge and he tries to find God in, this, in these established patterns that he's often seen and we often see these we often see these patterns whether it's in Exodus 3 with the burning bush or or in Exodus 19 where the bills of smoke and he has these windstorms coming in right and Elijah has seen these patterns of God where God makes his presence known and Elijah's looking for the things where he rec- where he normally sees God but as he's encountering these things he's realizing that God's presence aren't in the wind. It's not in the earth shaking. It's not in the fire. But he finds it in something else. But like Elijah, do you ever find yourself expecting God's voice to come into something more extravagant? That when we pray... Sometimes we tend to look for things like okay, yes, we'll do. Thank you. I'll make that announcement at the end. Anyway, so um so where was I? Oh yes. So oftentimes we'll find these things in the more extravagant things, you know. I imagine thinking of like the you guys ever seen Avengers, right? The final movie. Yes, maybe one, two right in this moment where in the final scene of like Captain America standing on the hill he's got he's picked up Thor's hammer and he's like declaring avengers assemble right the sky split open you got a light shining down and you're just like this is like a oh, moment right Sometimes I joke around with my youth students. It's like you know we often think that when I pray to God and God's answer comes, like you know I accidentally bump my Bible that I haven't touched in years and it falls down on the exact page and a light shines down through the crack of the blinds on the specific passage that's supposed to speak everything onto the answers of all my problems, right? Except your homework. And so oftentimes we may find ourselves seeking some direct answer to our problems. See, I know that when I'm desperately seeking God in prayer, I most often want to hear or see his response in the most obvious or visible ways. Like, for example, if I'm sick, I may pray for healing and want to feel better immediately. Or if I need help with a problem, I want a more clear solution. If I'm in emotional pain, I want God to make that pain go away. And sometimes I might feel like, I may feel the way I did during that drop call with my wife. I talk to God. I'm praying to him. But I feel and see no change. Seems like nothing has changed and still feels the same. In those moments I'm reminded and I remember that God's voice sometimes comes in a gentle whisper. See, it's often in those moments that we're reminded that God doesn't always have to work in the most dramatic of ways. Sometimes it's in the little things that God moves the most. See, I might not feel healthy right away or immediately, but he may actually be nudging me toward the help that I need. Sometimes a solution may not present itself immediately to fix my problems. But he may be actually using those problems to make me stronger. And the pain may not always go away immediately. But sometimes he uses that pain to remind me of all that he has done. All that he is. And all that he continues to bless me with. And church, these are just a few of the tangible ways he... He speaks through that whisper. And so Philippians 4 reminds us this, right? He says, Paul writes to the church of Philippi, and he says, Do not worry about anything, but instead pray about everything. He says, Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which transcends and exceeds anything we can understand. For his peace will guard you. He will guard your hearts, your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Which leads me to my first point. Worry about nothing. But instead, pray about everything. Everything. You might be asking then, how can I not be worried about anything? How can I not be worried about anything? There's so many things I got to worry. So many things I have to take care of. So many things that need to be done. And to answer that question, we got to first tackle sometimes the most complicated questions comes down to a simple answer. So let's ask ourselves that question. What is prayer? What is prayer? The most basic definition of prayer is talking to God. Prayer isn't a meditation. It's not necessarily a passive reflection, but it's actually a direct way to address God. It's our primary way for believers in Jesus to communicate our hearts and all that you have to him. Now, prayer can be done multitude of ways. It can be done out loud, it can be done in silence. It can be done publicly, Or privately, it can be done formally or informally. But just as Pastor Andrew shared last week about the word of God, sometimes we, he he refers how we often refer the Bible as like a manual for life. If you guys remember, what we know about the scriptures is that it's not a manual. Because as we know in life, right, it's not like an Ikea manual where if you follow steps one, two, three, in a certain sequential order, you will obtain this or you will. it will result in that. We understand that life doesn't work like that, right? You could do everything right in life and everything will still go wrong. Similarly, when we learn about prayer, prayer is like... It's like that. There is no specific steps that we take or a manual that tells us specifically how to pray. But there is a prayer that Jesus teaches his disciples. See, he says, through the Lord's prayer, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and glory, forever and ever. And I love this prayer. And I, I, I genuinely believe that this prayer, that the simple prayer that Jesus uh teaches us, it is it, it exemplifies well what prayer is. See, J.C. Lambert he says this very well. He says that Christian the Christian prayer in its full New Testament meaning is prayer is being addressed to God our Father in the name of Christ as our mediator and enabling the grace of the indwelling spirit that is in our lives. It is often in these times that I remind reminded that prayer is something that, natu- that comes to us as we become his children. See, Psalms 10 reminds us that the wicked have no desire to pray, but the children of God have a natural desire to pray. And that's because as his children, we come and we believe our father. So all prayer at the core of it all must be offered in faith. So oftentimes, the worries that consume our lives are often because we don't allow faith to step in. We say, God, I trust you on this. And I'll pray about that, but we don't fully commit everything to it. Being an athlete, um, one of the things I've come to realize is that most oftentimes injuries come when you begin to doubt yourself. If you're going in for the ball, you need to be committed to the ball. Because the moment you hesitate when you go for the ball is when accidents happen. And how often is it as Christians or even just as people of God do we hesitate at the very last second that we allow doubt to actually dictate rather than our faith? Believe it or not, church, faith is not something you can conjure up. Faith is not something you own. But scripture reminds us in Ephesians that faith is actually a gift from God. And so the faith that you have in your life, it's not something you've created, but God has given. And he gives to you because he knows that when you have faith, our God is a God that delivers. Brothers and sisters, do you believe that our God, when he says he can, he will. And when he wills it, he does. Brothers and sisters, do you believe that? If you believe so, can I get an Amen. Amen. Our God is a God who delivers. And so my first point for all of us here is this. Don't worry about anything. But pray about everything. And all things offer it up in faith. And so you might be asking then, everything? Okay? Yes, God wants us to talk to him about everything. But then Begs the question, how often should we pray? See, First Thessalonians 5 tells us that we're called to pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. But in every moment of our lives, pray continually. See, prayer as we as we as I share, is it can be done in a multitude of ways. There are times where we get on our knees and we're just pray, we pray out loud, we declare all the things in our lives, but there are moments where we can pray in silence. And even as you're going to work while you're driving, you can be praying, praying through your hearts. When you're working and you're being tested by, let's say, a, uh, a, a, trouble, a troubling customer, even in that moment, you can be praying, asking God, God, would you just come? I'm being tested. I'm being tried. Father God, would you just give me peace? Pray about everything and pray Without ceasing, and this leads me to my second point: prayer is GPS. Who knows what GPS stands for? Global Positioning System, right? Global Positioning System. But prayer, to me, um, when I when I share this with my with with you students, is when I say prayer is GPS. What I actually mean by prayer is prayer is actually God's positioning system. See, prayer is not only a way we can convey what's on our hearts, but it's also a way to help realign our lives. See, oftentimes when we get consumed and caught up by our bitterness, sometimes we get consumed by the worries of this world, we actually allow ourselves to begin to wander. If God has brought us onto a certain path and says, trust me, I am leading your way, And we start to doubt what oftentimes is we get distracted. Now, if you guys know when you're driving, right, when you're driving, eyes need to be what? Eyes need to be what? On the road, right? On the road. They need to be on the road. They should be on the road. But when we drive, sometimes our eyes can also begin to wander. You'd be driving like, ooh, Dunkin' Donuts. Ooh, Starbucks, right? We be, and, and, and oftentimes, as we're driving, when we take our eyes off the road, we realize that, oh, I'm on the wrong side of the road. I know, right? That could be bad. Or we start to sway a little bit, going and crossing over the lines. I, can imagine, I can't imagine that you take off your eyes off the road and you make a wrong turn. I'd be impressed, right? But our doubts and our distractions and our fears, our anxiety will often redirect our focus, will redirect our lives into a direction that may be misaligned with God. And that's what we call feeling lost. And what prayer does is that when we step into that presence of prayer, God is actually realigning us. A brother, a brother once told me, if you ever hate somebody, like really hate them with your guts. Like I wish your existence was erased from this earth. right? That's, that's some deep hate, right? And he's like saying, if there's anybody you hate in this world, you should pray for them. I said, why? I said, because when you pray for somebody that you don't like, you'll end up falling in love. I said, okay. I tried praying for somebody. and I was like, no, oh, I still hate his guts. Right? And he said, that's fine. Just keep praying until you fall in love with them. I was like, how long is that going to take? He's like, I don't know. I don't know. How much do you hate him? I said, I don't know. It's like, what does scripture say? Pray without ceasing. You keep praying for somebody. Believe it or not, when prayer realigns our lives into his alignment, into who Jesus is, Jesus, as we know, is a name that is filled with love. It's a name that is filled with hope. And when we pray for somebody, we're, believe it or not, we think that we're praying for them so that they can find salvation. Right? This person sucks and needs Jesus. And so I'm praying for this person so that they find Jesus. Believe it or not, when we pray, the person that we realize that really needed Jesus is actually ourselves. And we get realigned. And Jesus will do the realigning on that. Prayer is God's positioning system. He helps us to realize where we truly are in our lives. And by stepping into prayer, He actually realigns ourselves with him. and That's why when I say pray without ceasing, when the scripture tells us to pray without ceasing, we need to keep this running conversation going with God all day long. And while some formulas might be helpful, there is no special formula on how to pray. We just do it. Just like conversations with our family and our friends if I gave you a a method or specific equation or formula how to have healthy conversations with every single person, it wouldn't work because everybody's different. Everybody's different. But those conversations adjust and differ. I'm assuming there are ways you may talk to an officer. There's ways you talk to a significant other. There are ways you talk to a sibling and to a friend, and all those conversations may differ. But most of the times, we don't think about it. We just naturally do it. In the same way, prayer is not something that we need to figure out how to do so I can get the most effective blessing. But it's just a running conversation you have with God. Don't force it. But like scripture tells us, let it be natural. Let it be a natural desire. And so we can pray under all these circumstances as we and as we do this, prayer begins to develop our relationship with God and it demonstrates our trust and our uttermost dependence on him. And so that leads me to my third point, my final point for all of us. At the heart of prayer is fellowship with God. About a month ago, my um, Outside, there was, like, fireworks going off. And my son, he hears this sound. He hears this boom, boom, boom sound. He's two, by the way. He's two. And so he, he he's, he's, like, chilling on the ground, and then he hears the boom sound, and he, like, jumps up, you know? Like those, uh, you know in Lion King, those prairie dogs, right? Like, whoo, right? <laughs> my son, like, immediately his head, like, pops up, right? And it's like this, right? And he hears the boom, and he comes over, and he goes, Aba, Abba, Abba. He grabs, my, he grabs, like, two of my fingers because that's all he can hold, right? And he looks up and he goes, Abba, boom. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> he's, Abba, boom. And he points out to the nice guy. And I kind of, it takes me a second, but I figure out what he wants. And so he's, and he keeps telling me, Abba, boom, boom. And he takes those two fingers and he starts dragging me to the bedroom, and to, uh, to the bedroom window. And I, I know what he wants, and so I pick him up, and I, I hold him up, and we open the window, and we kind of, like, peek out trying to look for these fireworks, and then suddenly there it is, boom, the fireworks cracking up that dark night sky. And I look at my son, and he's just, like, his eyes are lighting up, and he points to it, and he keeps telling me, right, I, I'm, like, looking at him, and then he, like, takes his hand and goes, right, tell me to look at the sky and says, "Aba, boom. And when he turns and keeps looking, I, I look back at him. And it was in that moment that this overwhelming feeling just swelled my heart. Where, yes, while the fireworks were extravagant, it was nice how it, it just lit up the night sky. But what really captivated my heart in that moment was this time that I was sharing with my son. That he was communicating to me what was genuinely on his heart this desire to see something and share this moment, right? He easily could have gone over and, I don't know, maybe done it on his own, bring a chair or something, right? Um, He's two. He's got quite the imagination. Yet he invites me and says, Dad, I see something. I hear something. Let's go check it out. And in that moment of exchange, in that moment of exchange, what it reminded me was prayer. It is it is our way of communicating with God. See, we pray to God and we praise Him and we thank Him. We tell Him how much we love Him and we pray to enjoy His presence, to tell Him what's going on in our lives. We all do, we do all these things in these in these detailed moments of our prayers. We pray, making these requests, seeking His guidance, asking for wisdom, but. At the core of it all, what God loves the most is this exchange that he gets to have with his children. Now I realize in that moment, maybe this is why we pray. That yes, we sometimes may look at God as if like prayer is like a pin number for an ATM so that a certain amount of blessings that our request for will come out. Yet in that moment, what really struck me was that at the core of prayer, at the heart of prayer, is this fellowship that I can share with God. And for God, that was everything. That is everything. See, in that moment, too, when I was sharing with my son, as I held him up, for me, that was everything. That memory that, I would, that is just embedded into my life was this moment of not the fireworks, as beautiful as they were, the most beautiful thing in that very moment was this moment that I'm holding my son and he's communicating to me in like the three words that he knows. But that exchange, that that exchange that I get to share with him, this fellowship, is what really captivates my heart. And imagine for prayer, that's what captivates God's as well. For Elijah, he was burnt. He was exhausted. He was lost. And he was worried. He was anxious. He was afraid. Yet in that one moment of prayer, God says, yes, you may want another extravagant thing like fire falling from heaven. But what he reminds us of is this, is that prayer comes into gentlest of whispers to realign our hearts and to be able to share this moment in his presence. You know, too often times we lose sight of how simple prayer really is. Sometimes we get caught up With a lot of distractions. And so my closing question for all of us here today is this. How are you looking for God to respond to your prayers? Do you believe that he might show up? Do you believe that he can show up? Or do you believe that yes, he will show up? I want to invite the praise team to come up. As we close. See, as we go through the series of DNA and understanding who we are, prayer at the core of what it is in our lives is that it is an invitation to step into a relationship with God. And if we are ever lost, we step into that realignment, we step into that presence so that he may realign our hearts to be in fellowship with him. Sometimes in the hardest moments, all we need is a friend. Sometimes when we're feeling down and worried, we just need a brother or sister to just sit with, to be that ear to listen. It's that beautiful exchange and conversation I like with my wife. Prayer is not always necessarily making God understand what I want or making sure that I get what I need. But simply having someone to share it with. It's knowing that God is with you. He was with you back then. He is with you today. And he will be with you for the rest of your life. Brothers and sisters, God hears your prayers. And I know sometimes prayer can feel like a one-way connection, a one-way conversation. But I pray that you would hear and know that God is hearing your prayers. He listens to every single one of them. And even when we can't see it, God is moving in your lives. And so as we step into a time of worship, I pray that you would step into that exchange with God, that conversation, step into prayer. Would you invite him into your life? Would you invite him to be who he is and allow him to do what he does best in your life?